It's Shabbos, my mishpoche. Shabbat Shalom. It's the end of the week. We made it. I'm about to rip a ton of these, and I'm excited. I love when I get on these streaks, and I just love talking about this stuff. It's a good reminder, because sometimes we know this stuff. We just need a reminder. I love that. Uh, plus, I love the Badr-Meihoff phenomenon, and I like thinking about what I need to focus on. So let's get right in. I cannot wait for this first classic philosophical scenario. Let's go. All right, gangsters, I'm done. I'm done davening. I'm done showering. We're ready to rock. I'm ready to get this. I'm excited. So have you guys ever heard of Allegory of the Cave? It's a very philosophical thing, very famous. And actually, Fanshaw taught it to me, but I just came across it again on TikTok and thought I'd share. So it's a classic photo in which there's this tunnel in the ground, just tiny, just under the ground, a cave, okay? And there are prisoners in this cave. They're the people who imprisoned them have a fire going which casts light onto the wall the people who are withholding the prisoners are putting signs up with shapes and it casts a shadow on the wall and these people are taught that these shadows are reality so the shadow of the tree is a tree the shadow of a stick is a stick and these people go their whole lives believing that these are trees and sticks because that is a tree stick to them. It's a belief. So one day someone takes these prisoners out of the cave and they say, that's a tree and that is a stick. And these prisoners argue. And in the original allegory of the cave, these prisoners like kill the people because they're so mad. They can't believe they're actually threatening their ego. And that's exactly it. And when we are indoctrinated, someone actually teaches us what to believe. And then someone challenges the belief. They're actually threatening our ego. And that resistance we feel is a threat to the ego. And so that's why this is a very powerful analogy to this day. Is metaphorically, what is it? What's the shadow on the wall for you and I? Um, And it's really interesting. Some things in the Western world we can think about today are not thinking for yourself, relying 100% on big institutions that exist to profit, and they're the ones telling us how to live life. Again, really just to profit. The sooner you can strip your identities, beliefs, labels, definitions, and forms, the quicker you'll deeply love everyone in your life, everything in your life, and experience this profound peace. Again, in my opinion. Peace is between good and bad. Peace is not a good or bad thing. It is the nothingness. That is what peace is. And that's why when you look at conflict around the world, peace is not... One sec, I got notifications going on, but I'm about to say something really deep. Wait, I'm glitching. Okay, ready for this? So peace is not everyone loving each other. Okay, and I know that sounds ridiculous. Like, what about the Israel-Gaza stuff? What about all the stuff in China and blah, 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 blah? Peace is not everyone loving each other. Peace is everyone accepting each other accepting them all in the same place tolerating each other really and not not wanting anything bad to happen to each other just accepting everyone's existence there that is peace and that is very possible what to me is unrealistic when people think peace is everyone loves each other and that's when people think the only way to be at peace is to be happy happiness is not peace and i'll I'll get back on track here which is for to kick everyone out of a land and then everyone's happy because now only the people that want to be there are happy and that's peace no 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 everyone has to accept each other that's peace
be more involved with peace and less attached to life. <laughs> um, I, sorry, I said peace. Be more involved with life and less attached to it. What does this mean? Well, things arrive and you let them come. Things disappear and you let them go. You have and you don't possess. You have and you don't expect. That was said by Lao Tzu, a famous philosopher in the Eastern world. We can't identify, identify ourselves with this world, with what we have and what we don't have, with what we do and what we don't do. We cannot identify with that stuff. Obsessions with the superficial is the thief of mindfulness and joy. Okay, Obsessions with superficial things, that's the thief of mindfulness and joy. The more you're distracted, the more you lose the idea of who you really are and what truly matters Okay, is when you're distracted. So watch out because big companies are taking our time. They're taking our focus. That's distraction. You will lose touch in who you really are and what really matters. You become detached from real life the more you're attached to the game. Don't try to win the world because you'll lose your soul trying to win the world. And I want you just to really take in this quote by Lao Tzu again. Things arise and you let them come. Things disappear, let them go. You have and don't possess it. You have and don't expect it. Folks, that's deep. It's seeking that causes the unhappiness, not the not having the thing. Again, so what does this really mean? Like, when you're seeking something out, when you really want and wish for things, that is the void you're creating. That causes the unhappiness. It's not the void itself that causes unhappiness. It's wanting and wishing for something that causes the void. When you originally didn't have that thing, it was okay. So not not having the thing is not what causes unhappiness. It's the seeking. <laughs> okay, let that sink in. I think I've said it on the podcast where everything you need, you already have. Why? Because you're standing here breathing alive. Everything you've ever needed, you already have. You cannot receive what you do not give. Everybody just wants to be loved. That one, folks, that one really hit hard. Because it's so true. Every human being you meet just wants to be loved. Simple as that. As much as love has a subjective connotation because every caregiver teaches love differently, everyone just wants to be loved. And and, and the reason this is powerful is because, you know, we might lose touch in how to treat people and this and that. When in doubt, anyone you meet in your life and the people you already know, just treat them with love. Give them your love. And if they reject you for that and get upset or roll their eyes, then they've got issues, but and they might, like a dog who is so scared, he bites people. You're trying to give the dog love, but it's got so much baggage that it, it will hurt you if you try to give it love. There are people like that. And, but guess what happens? You persist. You t- and then next thing you know, people submit just like these dogs do. And they will, they will take the love. People will take the love. Oh, I love that so much. Life is less of what the eye sees and more what the soul feels. Reminds me of the saying, we don't remember what people say, we remember how they made us feel. 
And we are very emotional creatures, and so absolutely life is all about feel and what that soul feels and things that we just can't explain or can't articulate. It's just the feeling. To negate time, aka being present, is to negate the ego. Let that sink in, people. When you are present, you negate the ego. To negate time itself is to negate the ego. The ego thrives off past and future. The ego does not exist in the present. Your worth as a person is inherent to your existence. It doesn't need to be proven. And I love this. Remember when I mentioned that a drop in the ocean is not the ocean. A drop of water is the ocean in a drop. There's no such thing as someone being unworthy while someone else is worthy. That, that just doesn't exist. Reason being is because we're all part of the infinite intelligence. We're all part of the collective. We all exist as vessels for the infinite, the essence, the unmanifested, the nothingness, whatever you want to call it, the opposite to physicality. That's what we all exist for. So there's no such thing as worthy and unworthy or better words or this and that. It's all human construct. To paint a better picture, imagine a massive light with million different looking shapes coming out of a million bulbs all connected to this big light source. All these different shapes of light identify with themselves because they're programming when in reality they're all coming from the same source of light. And they all identify with themselves because they all look different and they've constructed differences in order to exist because if they did not tell each other they look different, they would all just be the same clump of light. And then what's the point in, in trying to reproduce why so uh, going back they all come from the same source of light that source of light only exists because there is something called darkness the opposite to the light so this jumps into possibly one of the deepest concepts in philosophy which is god (laughs) Um, god is not a man a woman a person like god and this is again subjective god is a thing it's a concept god's just a form Okay, just like the concept of love. There's, love is not a person or a thing or, the, or whatever. It's a, it's a concept. So I would say to you that darkness existed before light because the darkness has never been created or destroyed. It has always been there. However, darkness wouldn't exist without something to contrast it. Therefore, philosophically, light and darkness were created at the exact same time because they contrast each other synergistically. For that reason, we'll always be tied to nothingness, the unmanifested. The essence, like we, the physicality, us humans are physical people, our thoughts are our physical electricity. We will always be tied to the nothingness, the unmanifested, the essence because of that. We we have an identity, an agreement in order to have peace, aka nothingness. And when I say that, let's break that down. We have identity. I am a human being. I am a brother. These are things to identify us, to make us feel alive. Because if we weren't those things, we'd be alive. When we're dead, we're no longer a brother. When we're dead, we're no longer a human. So when we don't have identity, we don't live. And that's why we have identity. We have agreements. What are those? You and I, when I say the word word, we agree to the meaning of a word. When I say outside, we have agreed upon the meaning of outside. And we have all these agreements in order to feel like we have control. If we don't have control, that is one step closer to death. Because we don't have control in death. We are always looking for familiarity and control. This is why 
to have peace, we need to have agreements and identity and everything physical and manifested, truly manifested. Because remember, manifestation is a thought that turns into an event. We need these things in order to have peace. Peace would not exist without these things. So they are not good or bad things. They are just things that are opposite to nothingness, which is peace. Folks, this is why we have to remember our source as conscious humans. We can't zoom in on our agreements or zoom into our identity. We have to zoom out. Remember, if how salty would it taste if you put a bunch of salt in the shock, shock glass? Now imagine you put salt in the lake. You're not going to taste it because we're zooming out. Let's zoom out. I often contemplate why I even strive for peace in the first place though. Does it keep our species alive? No, and, and our will to live is everything. It's the only reason we have all these labels, beliefs, definitions, forms, blah, blah, blah. I truly think it's the synergy occurring organically. That's my, me striving for peace is a physical thing. And I think no different than someone wanting to play video games at the end of the day. These are just physical thoughts. It is synergy, organic synergy between what makes everything, everything. (laughs) The funny thing is that as I express all these to you as labels, definitions, beliefs, and forms, it becomes a paradox quite quickly. Uh, I only can observe. Only I can. I can never truly explain reality to you guys. Just like you'll never be able to truly get me to understand your reality and you connecting to the present. And, and all these terms I'm talking about on the opposite to physicality and what that nothingness is. Like, I, None of that can truly be articulated because we are bound by our senses bound by our vibrating cells (laughs) literally we're bound to this dimension we cannot leave this dimension otherwise i would be able to show you guys you're the only one who can experience the synergy of the universe period only you can experience yin yang no one else will experience that to even try to explain your experience means you are now just only half of yin yang to explain it is the physicality (laughs) it'd be like those shapes of light using their own light to show people what darkness is (laughs) it literally will never happen because the light is opposite to darkness and as i digress we move into the solitude of enlightenment which is as you explain this and you realize wait i can never actually get someone to understand me or my situation it becomes lonely And this is why being your own best friend, being comfortable with your self-talk is a superpower. Everyone should learn this power because you only get more alone as you get older. You need to learn how to talk to yourself. You need to. It is actually fundamental or you will go mashuga. (laughs) Anyways, folks, I'm going to keep it there. Thank you so much for listening this week. I love this. I love you. You are loved. You're so worthy. Just know that. You are so worthy for existing. You're part of this synergistic universe, and that's beautiful. And I love it. Thank you. Thanks again for listening this week, everyone. Signing off, Zeb Weisdorf. Shalom Aleichem.